Good evening, everyone. This is Diego. And Adrian. And we're here with our Marriage Ministry podcast for the month of April. Adrian, would you say we're procrastinators? No. It's the last day of the month, and we're just getting it in. <laughs> There's a lot going on. A lot going on since our last uh, since our last podcast, right? Yes. All right, let's get started with a prayer. Please, Adrian, would you mind leading the way? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you for the work that is going forth, Father. I pray that you just are protecting each one as they are staying at home um, during this pandemic. And that you are using the podcast, the the online ministry, Father, to still be able to get the gospel out to people and to minister to to everyone at home. I just thank you and I praise you for uh, allowing us this ability um, today, Father, and that it's not anything out of our own will or emotions that we speak, but only the oracles of you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Adrian. So uh, we started uh, an impromptu podcast a month ago, and uh, the feedback we got was pretty good, right? Yeah, total I, I, pilot, total pilot. But I enjoyed, I mean, I was, I guess, humbled by the feedback I got, and we shared it with a few friends, with our senior pastor, and I think everybody that listened to it seems seems to have enjoyed it, so we're doing another one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. So, as such, today in our marriage ministry, we're going to talk about a subject that um, I think is important. And, you know, and it's, it's spoken about at the workplace quite a bit, and in the sports world quite a bit, and in the, any sort of group environment. But I don't think it's spoken about to enough at home. And that's teamwork. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and the reason what I mean by that is that a, a married couple, uh, we're a team. Mm-hmm. And not only are we a team, you know, with our kids, but, uh, and, and I've, we've gotten this feedback, Adrian, when we, with our family members and when we, we get together with our loved ones, is that they always seem to tell us we work together as a team. We work together as a team. And it's not just as, as, as parents, but again, as a married couple, when we do things, when we build things, when we do just about any task together, you know, we, we tend to put uh, each other each other's personal feelings in the back and just kind of work for the common task at hand. Uh, I think we accent each other very well is, is, yeah. is the key. Yeah, we complement each other. And so it makes it work and people notice that and that's that's nice. And so... I wanted to talk about the reason why I think teamwork is important in the, in the family, but more importantly in the marriage. So when I say teamwork, the team here is husband and wife. Yes. Not husband and wife and kids or husband and wife and in-laws <laughs> or husband and wife and ex, you know, whoever you want to add. It's the team, the core team, the team. It's husband and wife. And um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about it in the context of uh, unity. You know, in order for a team to work... Uh, we need to be united. We need to have a common goal. We need to have a, you know, look out for each other. And there needs to be no division. Right. And so what verses do you think in the Bible when it talks about that, Adrian? I, I could tell you what I think about. Well, I think there's, uh, throughout the Bible, you see different, um, a lot of different verses. But I know uh, we picked one in particular today. Yes. Which is uh, 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, through it's First Corinthians one and then one through ten. No, and we're going further than that. We're going today. a little further. We're going through seventeen. Seventeen. And uh, we're going to go ahead and read it by parts. 
and then we'll dissect it in the context of teamwork, which is it talks about unity. So for teamwork to work, there has to be unity. So we're actually going to talk about unity more than anything. So uh, let's start with verse 1. And Paul, uh, this is one of uh, Paul's epistles. And he says, Paul called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Jesus Christ, saints by calling with all who are who in every place call the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stop right there. That was actually verses 1 through 3. And the reason why I want to uh, stop right there, a couple of things here. Uh, you know, Paul mentions he was chosen by God. And, you know, God ordains marriages. So, you know, God, when God says some, put something into motion, there's, there's no uh, stop, stopping there. And um, I also just, on a personal level, I love the way Paul introduces himself in every letter. He just, the greeting is just so loving. I, I can imagine him saying that in person, man, we just say hi to each other. <laughs> you know, but he goes, you know, hello in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And, and it just sounds so amazing. And I think when you're reading a letter, you know, man, what, what a greeting. It just He starts off on the right foot and he just kind of pulls you in and wants to make sure you continue to listen. So um, he talks about a Sotsinis, I think is how it's pronounced. And uh, that's, a, you know, it's a synagogue. Uh, he was a, an individual who apparently was beaten by a mob of Gentiles. So, uh, you know, he references them right away. Uh, it says, calls them our brother. So, and then the church uh, of God in Corinth. And here, uh, church is not like we think about it today where there's a building or anything like that. He, he calls it a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I would hope husband and wives gather regularly. You know, hopefully, you know, work doesn't consume you. The kids don't consume you if you have kids. Or any any hobby doesn't consume you, whether it's for me, like I have my hobbies, video games, things like that, and uh, and it doesn't consume me to the point where I'm being away from my family. Right, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance, and in that balance, you know, I think the family needs to carry the bulk of that balance. <laughs> yes. Like if you had to put a percentage on it, your family has to be number one, for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, but it's it's funny that you know he's he's not funny. He he's greeting. He's he's giving you a greeting. And right away he talks about being sanctified in Christ Jesus, you know, saints by calling. I mean, he's just being really uh, gracious and loving towards his uh, people in Corinth and the church in Corinth. And it says, grace to you and peace from God. So he's always, you know, talking about peace to, uh, you know, peace from God. To, and, you know, as a, as a, as a husband, uh, Adrian, and, and I hope you could attest to this. When we pray for each other, you know, we tend to pray, you know, I hope you have a good day at work. You know, I hope things go well. I hope, you know, you, you get the promotion. I hope, you know, the kids, you know, respond to your lessons when, as you teach. Every now and then I get, and we miss it. And I should just pray, hey, Adrian, peace be with you. You know, may you have a peaceful day no matter what happens, no matter the trials and tribulations at work. You know, have peace because peace comes from God. So it was really, to me, really an eye-opener when I read that verse. And I thought, man, you know, Paul is introducing, his, you know, greeting you. And the first thing he's asking for is peace, not anything else, not anything material, but just peace from God and make sure the peace is from God. Yeah, and that that's the key with all of Paul's letters. He starts off because he's writing them to encourage them and and let them know that what you're going through 
Yeah. And you, obviously, you're going to get through it. And obviously, there's something going on. He's he's going to get to a point, right? Right. But before he goes into into the point he's about to make or anything like that, he's he's wishing, he's praying for peace with you, and he's making sure that the peace he's praying for and the peace he's wishing upon you is not just any peace, but it's godly peace. Right. So I, I thought that that was really interesting, and I think as married couples. We should do that towards each other. We should pray for peace to one another, but not just any peace, not just like a calm day. Like when you think of peace, you think of, you know, just peace and quiet. And like, no, 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 just peace, godly peace, because godly peace will get you through anything. Right. And in no our matter. Career, no matter. No matter what. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I love that about Paul. We'll go ahead and continue through verse four. And it says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you in Christ Jesus. That in everything you were enriched, enriched in them, in all speech and knowledge, even as a testimony concerning Christ who was confirmed in you, so that you're not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's verses actually 4 through 8. And uh, it's very, this is actually very important because, uh, you know, he's showing appreciation that God, uh, you know, that they receive godly grace, right? It means they're saved. It means that they're going to be in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that salvation they have fills them. And, and anything they do, you know, they, they're moving forward with that. And I think that as a believing family, we need to be thankful that we're saved. You know, especially if, you know, if you're a Christian married couple. Man, thank, I thank God every day we're saved. And um, because that means we're going to have eternal life. And... Um, you know, it's something that obviously we want to teach our kids. But, not, you know, we have to pray that our kids get saved. Our, our kids have to go through their own salvation story and a uh, salvation journey. And also, even our loved ones, you know, when they see us, you know, we, we exemplify, you know, what, 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 God, what God is, how God exemplifies love, which is through a marriage. And so, um, not to get too crazy in theology, but uh, the fact that we're blameless in the eye of God... Because Jesus paid for our sins and the cross, is, it's very reassuring. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we are blameless, but not because of our own doing, but because, uh, because of God. Because of the grace of God, right? So uh, I'm going to take a pause right there. For, you know, we've gone through half of the verses 1 through 8 already. And, uh, you know, just in, the, in those eight, 8 verses alone, you know, pray for peace for your wife, you know, for your spouse. Because, you know, ladies to your husbands as well. Because if you pray for peace, I think the, the partner in that relationship appreciates that. Mm-hmm. And I know when you and I have gone through trials and, you know, you have rough days at work or, you know, with, with Sophia or with uh, just anything. Family, you know, troubles or friend troubles or whatever sort of trial we're going through. You know, the spouse should be the first one to pray godly peace for you. Right. And constantly encouraging each other. I mean, you know, the the silly, it's, I say silly, but it's probably not silly. But, you know, in this day and age, the, the fastest way of getting information out is text. And how many times we're, throughout our day, we sense an encouraging note. Not just because of any particular reason, just I love you, I'm praying for you, thinking about you. Right. And, and having a good day. And I think just, uh, we're going to sidetrack. This is, this is the fun part because we get to sidetrack for a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I, I love technology. You know, I love technology. And I think one of the main uh, best things about technology is the texting thing. You know, you get to text those messages. You know, and, and I've always had, we have a rule at the house. You know, texting is for short messages and encouraging messages, mm-hmm. not for solving daily, you know, uh, disagreements. <laughs> just because, uh, no long texts. No, no, no. Something that needs to be talked about, you pick up the phone. <laughs> right, right. And I think that goes, you know, in younger couples I see that they try to solve everything through yeah. text. Yes. And a lot is lost in translation. And yes. it actually causes, uh, causes a lot of division. Yes. Which, uh, here. Context. You know, sometimes you know, it, and it's just the way you say things on the text. People might mis- misconstrue it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, technology is both a blessing and a curse. And for example, here we're doing a podcast, and that's a blessing that we get to reach yes. some people. However, it doesn't it doesn't make it. You know, I think in person is better. You know, call me old fashioned, but I think in person meetings is good. So um, hopefully, one day we'll be able to do that at, at church or you know somewhere. Have you know couples showing up. And uh, we get to talk about and get your feedback and all that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move on to verse 9. And I'm just going to read 9 only for now. He says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God is faithful. And here's, you know, Paul is stating that we're called into fellowship. And fellowship starts at home. Mm-hmm. So when kids, when pe- not just kids, but anybody around you as a married couple when when you when they see us in fellowship you know sometimes you know i've seen older couples and they have really good fellowship and and the first thing uh, you know sometimes they hear is oh you're so lucky to have that fellowship you're so lucky you get along with your spouse and it's like no it's not luck it's they pray together they 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 fellowship they break bread they have dinner whether it's a date night or or every night dinner or every night breakfast at least one meal in the day together to get to talk about your day or something like that, um, you know, I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah, um, as you know, when you look at kids, kids, you you know, nature versus nurture. It's fellowship is what is taught, and you know, somebody who you know wasn't taught how to fellowship and maybe an introvert, you know, they may have a harder time with it. And, you know, and you put that into a relationship and, and it could cause um, some conflict, especially if their significant other is someone who wants to express themselves all the time and have that fellowship. So it's definitely something that is taught. It does start at the home. And what we exemplify in our teamwork is as married couples um, to our kids is very significant. And, you know, one of the, you know, and, and Adrian, you could attest to this because when you met me almost 18 years ago, you know, we hung out with my parents. And ever since I was a kid, my parents, my dad and my mom, you know, they hold hands to this yeah. day. They hold hands. They're very affectionate towards each other. And I remember Sweet. those days. And that made a real impression on me, you know. And, and I like to think that, um, you know, I have three brothers and all of us, I think, are to some extent very affectionate with our spouses. And I see, you know, I see other couples that unfortunately they don't show affection. They don't show fellowship. Fellowship is expressed in many different ways. And, you know, affection is one of them. Affection doesn't mean smothering. I think people confuse that. <laughs> or too much PDA. Or too much PDA. But it means holding hands, you know, you know, just you know, rubbing your forearm, mm-hmm. you know, kind of giving you a, like, a, like a comfort, you know, shoulder pad, you know, touch, something like that. Anything that shows any sort of emotion, I think it's a, it's a good thing. 
But here's where Paul talks about, uh, you know, Paul's going to start getting into the point of the letter, right? In this verse 10. And it says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions amongst you, but that you may be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Verse 11, For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and quote number 12 here. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, or I of Apollos, or I of Cephas, or I of Christ. And I guess at this point I'm committed to reading the whole thing, Adrian. <laughs> uh, has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or was he baptized in the name of Paul? Uh, I could finally take a pause right there. So now here's Paul's uh, admonition to, to the church. There's been division. Right? Clearly there's been division. And uh, he's letting them, letting them know that uh, they were supposed to be united. He's, he's greeting you in peace. He's praying for peace. So if he's praying for peace for you, why is there division? And uh, in the Bible it tells us that there was division because there was false teaching. Right? And in a home, what is the, the cause of division? Is it because you want to do something more than be with your wife? Or is it something that you want to do more than being with your husband? What is it that's causing the division if there is a division? And division doesn't necessarily mean a quarrel, right? It doesn't necessarily mean a fight or an issue. It just means, why aren't you guys thinking on the same page? Why aren't you guys enjoying each other's company? You know, in, in early in the marriages, people tend to have a great time, but there's, you know, they call it the seven-year, you know, struggle or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, you know, at some point along the marriage, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, I guess complacency. I don't know. I've seen you know marriages kind of just they stop showing affection, they stop doing this, stop doing that. You know they start they start putting all their their blaming each other, blaming each other, or putting things towards something else. And like oh, it's the kids, or you know, or something else, right? Their careers, and um, so you have to really get down to the root of it. And is it what's more important? Is it the unity you're supposed to have in the household, or is it that other factor? And I think that's the reason why we have so many divorces because. Society tells us different. Society tells us, you know, chase after our dreams. But I remember what my main dream was to have a happy family. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be, you know, uh, a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. Sure, I did. But I wasn't. I'm not. But my main dream was to have a, a happy family. And I think to that end, I'm, I'll take a happy family over anything else any day of the week. Yeah. yeah and, you know, especially in verse 12 where it says, now I mean this, that each of you, each one of you saying, I am of Paul, I am of Paulos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ. You know, they were all part of the body of Christ. They were all disciples. And they're saying, oh, you know, this teaching, or I'm part of this person, I'm part of It's like, no, it was verse, you know, verse uh, 13. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul the one that was crucified? And he sends them back on that center, that unity. And like you were saying, that we're, it has to be Christ-focused. And, and when we... When, you know, when we say our vows, it's, you know, it's not instant, you know, the two shall become one. It's, they shall become one. And and what we're striving to, I think Pastor does a good job of always talking about this. Um, and even when we were going through marriage counseling prior to um, getting married with uh, Susan and Joe, who um, you guys will hear us talk all about them um, from time to time, that gave us amazing um biblical marriage advice is that you know Christ is on top and both of you guys are working towards becoming one with him as your covering right and 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 that's that's right there you know Christ is not divided 
we're under that unity with him. Right. Right. And and some and that happens because people try to take credit, right? And and it happens I mean this sort of thing happens from a theological perspective, it happens in Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's why we have so many denominations. Yeah. And it happens at home because we put things ahead of ourselves, ahead of our, the other, you know. Right. The thing about love is that it's it's sacrificial love. And uh, if it means, you know, sacrificing that one thing you like to do to be with your family, to be with your wife, to to show them that they're more important, sometimes that's what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I know for men, as a guy, I could tell you, there's so many things that distract us. You know, uh, for me, you know... TV, you know, video games, but I'm, I don't want to get too graphic, but this is where unfortunately pornography becomes a big thing, you know, and and, uh, and a lot of men fall. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, pornography becomes more important than their spouse. And once that, that causes a huge division and it leads to separation in some cases. And um, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it happens. So we're here to encourage you to start by praying for peace mm-hmm. for your significant other. You know, and um, yeah, and that's that's not just in men. You know, you're seeing more and more of it with uh, with women as well. Um, you know, everybody always thinks you know the grass is greener on the other side of the of the road, but you know it's not necessarily the case. You know, Pastor gave a a, a great little live on on our Facebook talking about you know the worldly view versus the biblical view, and we need to be focused on. Um, you know that biblical view of you know Christ being centered in our life and 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 not being um you know swayed by by circumstances and you know when there's the unity in the family in marriage um you're able to go to that person you're able to talk about it with them um can things get heated yeah does that mean there's something wrong no because you know you're you're voicing and you know the the thing is, is that you need to be able to talk to them. If you hold it on, hold it all inside, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Exactly. Festering is a, is a big problem. I know I suffer from festering. And uh, some of you guys that know me probably seen that. I know Adrian all too well. She's, she's seen that. And it's work. You know, you got to pray, you know, pray that, you know, you get over that. Adrian prays for me in that regard as well. And, uh, you know, we get better. Sometimes we have bad days, but, you know, we, we kind of work it out. And, you know, we try to, uh, one of the best advice that Joe and Susan gave us is never go to Bed angry. Never. And uh, we, we've done that. We've been fairly successful at keeping that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Because that's rather, the early part of marriage, you know, when you're learning to become one. <laughs> and sometimes it's caused that trouble where, you know, I've been late for work, but I'd rather be late for work and have, you know, be good with my wife because after work I have to come home and be with my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's important to, to have that peace, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that peace starts at home. So uh, here we're going to to continue. Verses, we're just going to finish 14 through 17 here. And it says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. Now, did I baptize also the household of Stephanas beyond that? I do not know whether I baptized any other. So Paul did baptize, but clearly he's trying to make a point that he's not the, the source of the faith, obviously. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, right? That's the point he's trying to make there. And then verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize... But to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. So uh, I'm gonna read a couple of my notes out here. I think uh, you know, basically, Paul's trying to say is like, look, we're not meant to be divided; we're meant to be united. And uh, on verse 17, I like that verse a lot because he, at the end, he brings it. He always brings it back to the gospel. 
And even, you know, and I actually think married couples, more than anybody, should be united in preaching the gospel. Yes. And uh, let me add you know, that that's how you show true unity, man. When when we see another married couple and, you know, and you see them going through struggles and we get to preach the gospel to them as a married couple, that is probably one of the most rewarding things we do. Um, and, and it blesses us when they hear the message. And sometimes we don't know if they get saved or not, but we get to say it. But that's how we show true unity. And Adrian, you and I have been blessed to have those opportunities every now and again. And it does, in fact, show true unity. And, uh, you know, the Church of Corinth was having issues with division. And Paul came to plead for unity. And he wanted them to be united so that they can go and do the work they were meant to do, which is preach the the gospel. gospel. (laughs) Right? Never mind, you know, forget the false teachers. It's It's not the Church of Paul. It wasn't the Church of Cephas. It's the Church of Jesus Christ. Go preach that gospel, and we better be united in doing so, because if we don't, that's how hypocrisy begins. And again, I might go on a little rant here, but uh, this is what we see right now, and, you know, because the world focuses on, on, on the negative. And, and I see, and we see that right now we're in a stay-at-home order, right? And we, uh, some of us got stimulus checks from the government. Mm-hmm. And what is the first thing some of these false teachers do? Is they're, they're on the internet asking for the money. And we all know they're false teachers. And at least, you know, true believers know that they're false teachers. But the world doesn't know that. And so what does the world do? Is they, they put that person front and center of the newspaper. And they say, this guy represents all of Christianity. And we just let it happen. And we could say, you know, oh, shameful, shameful, whatever. But no, we have to stand stronger than that. And I think the way we stand stronger than that is by being united at home. So that when we preach the gospel, we preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That salvation comes through repentance and faith and believing in Jesus Christ. Repent on your sins. You know, be with God and not about money. Yes. You know, we're sinners. We've lied. I, we haven't been a perfect husband. We've lied. We've, we've done, um, we, we've stolen. We, we've fallen short when it comes to, you know, you know, murder and things like that. And we've repented of our sins and God has saved us. And we have to take that grace that he, we've been given and we need to make the most of it. And the way we make the most of it is by preaching the gospel. And the way we preach the gospel is by being united. Mm-hmm. And the way we're united is by praying for peace for one another. Mm-hmm. You see how it all, to me I see it all tie in. And, and, and because otherwise the world's going to twist it and make it look so horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so unfortunate that, that that's what they take. You know, we have such a beautiful message to share. We have the message of eternal salvation. But what is the world doing with the message of eternal salvation? They're, they're, they're twisting it. And they're, and they're putting some charlatan in, in the front page and saying, this is what Christianity is, and that's not what Christianity is. So as married couples, man, we need to be united, not only in your home, but then take that unity among other married couples and, you know, multiply and preach the gospel because it starts at home. Mm-hmm. Rant is over. <laughs> it was a good rant. Thank I you. always love the gospel. And, you know, when you hold that gospel so close to your heart, you know, in that that. I was a sinner, and what God did in sending his son to die for my sins, you know, that was the biggest love, the biggest grace ever bestowed to us. And no matter what I'm going through, no matter what obstacles we have had in our marriage, um, you know, whether it's a loss of job, um, how are we going to pay these bills, that kind of stuff, his grace is sufficient. He's going to get us through you know, um, I like to give that, that example of David, you know, where he took Goliath. Once he slayed Goliath, you know, God helped him slay it. He took 
uh, Goliath's head with them. And I, yeah. that's, I think of, you know, we've been married now 18 years, and all of the things that we have seen how God has moved in our marriage, you know, through that unity, that, you know, we've taken it. Okay, we've, we went through this, so we can now, God's going to help us with this. Right. And, um, yeah, you know, God never lets us down. We've yeah. gone through some doozies, man, in our marriage, and, and He's been faithful to us, and we're thankful. So here are some uh, questions, uh, questions for thoughts, and we've probably answered some of these questions along our Bibles, you know, along the, the scriptures we were reading. But if you're out there listening, and and hopefully you know you've you've appreciated what we're saying here, let me ask some questions. So the whole chapter is about Christian unity, right? Uh, what do we do at home when we sense division? Do we get in heated discussions or do we appeal for unity? What happens when we sense division at home? What's our instinct when we sense division at home? The first thing I do is I have to pray. Right. I pray because I know that my emotion and I'm getting heated. I need to walk away. I need to pray and I need to ask God for forgiveness. Because if he's united us together, it's not about my agenda or your agenda. It's about what's God's agenda. Right. So I have to slay that self, repent <laughs> for, you know, the, the way I feel. And... Um, and then, you know, and a lot of times you're doing the same thing and then we're able to come back and right. and, and, and be united. But here's the thing, Adrian, is that, you know, some, most of the time we do that. But there are times because there is, in fact, an enemy that's trying to separate our marriage. And that's the devil. Yes. And, you know, it is very real. And so what does he want us to do when, we, when there's division? And what happens to non-safe couples more often than not when they when there's a division in the marriage? I mean, that's how they get into fights. You know, that's, you know, the fight, the louder the fight gets, you know, it creates anger. That anger is manifested in different ways. And that's how there's physical abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. And that's how we get some of these things that are not meant to be in a marriage. You know, physical abuse is not meant to be in a marriage. Verbal abuse is definitely not meant to be in a marriage. But that's what happens when the enemy gets intertwined. When God's intertwined in a marriage, mm -hmm. we do what you say. We pray for one another because we will come under attack. But when the devil's intertwining your marriage, mm -hmm. man, you get the complete opposite, and it's a destruction to the marriage. And so we don't want that. So that's why you have to pray to keep the enemy out, because otherwise, if the you know the enemy gets in there, it's gonna cause complete and utter destruction and chaos to the point where the the ramifications are felt through generations. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is your kids will see it, and yeah. they will manifest it, and then their kids will see it and manifest it, and yes. you know. And so we need to stop it, us. Our opportunity, it ends now, right? right? We don't come from perfect families. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we've had some, you know, we have family members that are not so, you know, committed. But we stop the cycle with ourselves, right? Right. So, um, in unity, and sometimes unity is confused for agenda. This is something you wanted to talk about, right, Adrian? Yeah. Um, so, you know this because we've talked about this all the time that... When I always hear people in marriages or in relationships, they talk about, oh, you guys have to compromise. I've always had a problem with that word of compromise. Compromise is something you do at work. It's what politicians do. It's, you know, the great compromise. You know, I'm a history teacher. So, you know, I think of the great compromise of how they both gave up stuff, you know, to be able to, to get the votes out of how they were going to tally votes. But compromise in, in marriage, you know, it's... It shouldn't. It, it's not there because if we have this covering where we are 
ordained by God and we are to be striving, you know, towards the things that God has for our marriage. There's no, there's no compromise in it. You know, compromise is an agreement or a settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making a concession. There's no compromise in that. Yeah. Let me give you an example of that. So for those that are listening, let me give you a real example of that. Sometimes I know early on when we got married, I wasn't saved. So some of the fights we would have is, well, Adrian, I'm compromising with you because whereas I used to go out with the boys every Friday night, now I'm only doing it twice a month. So I'm compromising. I'm eating you halfway. It's two instead of four. But that's not really it, right? Once I became Christian, I realized, oh, no, you know, that's not a compromise anymore. That's a sacrifice. Right. And, and, and sacrifice and compromise are two different things. And right. It's, and it's a gladly, I gladly sacrifice some of those things that I used to do, you know, as a single person and things like that. And so don't confuse it. And I think you bring up a really good point when you talk about compromise. And, yeah, there's no, I don't think in, in, in a marriage, in a marital unity and godly unity, not a whole lot of compromise there. God's word rules supreme, right? Right. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's not knocking like you gave that example that right. you can't go out or whatever. That right, that's not the point. We don't allow that or whatever. You know, you can and you do need, you know, your other fellowship with women and, and men, you know, with men and that kind of stuff. But that, you know, us becoming a union and striving towards those things that God has for us, it's no longer oh, I don't want to hang out with those. It's like, no, I want to be with my wife. Right. I want to hang out with them. I had a long day. We know how to unwind together. And we, th- have, and we have fun together. And thank you for clarifying that. I definitely didn't mean like, oh, okay, all of a sudden, you, you know, you get married, you can't go out with the boys anymore. That's not what I meant. Yeah. You know, what I meant was, is like, I'd rather be with my family. And sure, there'll be times, you know, that you want to hang out with other people and that's cool, but it shouldn't. that shouldn't be number one. I guess that was the point I was trying to make. Yes. You know, that, that shouldn't be number one. That should be like somewhere down the line among your you know family priorities first right so that was the point i was trying to make thank you for clarifying that adrian and so let's define the we're going to define the word unity here uh you know in in a webster dictionary unity means just means joint as a whole so we become whole and that's it it's very very simple very vague definition when you look at it but when you look up a christian unity now this we're going to define christian unity this is what it says it says the bringing together of separate or fragmented parts into a unified whole. Now, it might sound in the beginning there as, as the same, you know, the worldly definition of, of unity joined as a whole is like, it's a concise version of that first sentence. But let me read the rest of the definition. It is God's ultimate goal to unite the whole of creation. His desire for unity is evident too in the life of his people. God himself acts as a unity in all his works. So now he takes it further. He's, he's involved in unity. You know, he's part of unity. And it is his desire to have all of creation united. And to that end, one day that will happen. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, Adrian, how would you say you practice unity at home? <laughs> There's lots of ways. Right. Uh, you kind of threw me off right there. Um, praying together. Um, uh encouraging each other um there's encouraging each other in the faith i think that's important right because if you're if you're gonna let me give you it's it's an extreme example right but if if you were to go you know do something crazy like jump off a cliff and say ah give me some encouraging words so you survive that's not what i meant praying in the faith i pray for pray for peace that you have you know you have godly peace throughout the day Right, so let me ask if you're listening out there, 
and you're a married couple or you're in a relationship, if you're in a relationship, hopefully that's leading to marriage. If you're already married, whether you've been married a year or 50 years, let me ask you guys, how do you guys practice unity at home? When was the last time you even had that exercise? And if you haven't, would this be a good time to start? Um, and if you used to have it, why did it stop? So there's a lot of questions there that we could go from how do you practice unity at home. But let me challenge you guys, you know, married couples out there or, or couples out there. How do you practice unity? And if you haven't put some thought into it, put some thought into it now. And unity for what, right? And so think about that. What is the, uh, what is the goal of unity? And so, I, you know, we've read the answers so that we could preach the gospel. So as a married couple, if you're Christians, are you guys doing that with other couples? Mm-hmm. Are you preaching the, the gospel to other couples? Because mm-hmm. if and, you're not, we need to find out why not. Yeah, and, and, you know, God has a plan, you know. It's not just by chance. It's, you know, he doesn't just like, oh, this worked. Oh, I'm going to change it. I'm, you know, this didn't work. No, there's all, we're all part of his master plan. And, yes, the gospel is always um, the centerpiece of that. But how many times have you seen where it's couples getting married and they go off and they do missions or it's a couple that is over the children's ministry or it's a couple that is doing evangelism on the streets it's a couple that is you know working with uh um you know people who are trying to get off off the streets or some couples that sing together you know yeah praise and worship you You always see these couples that are together so they're power couples in my opinion yeah, and there it's it's the you know that's to be said about that power of of marriage and you know you know you know in the Bible God says you know his his marriage is to the church right and so it's exemplified marriage throughout the entire Bible the entire Bible of how marriage is him to the church and and when you see couples and they're in ministry doing the works to help in promoting that gospel. Right. I mean, think of praise and worship. They're ushering in mm-hmm. that 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 essence of 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 God coming in before a message is supposed to be, right. you know, ex- very very well said, Adrian. <laughs> I think you I think you brought up really that's why there's unity at home and mm-hmm. that's the that's the fruit that we see in real life when we see these couples that do these things. And we've known couples that literally packed up and went and yeah. some of them have gone to Mexico to do missionary work or other parts of the world and they give up their high-end careers or whatever it is because yeah. you know what as a couple we're going to do this mm-hmm. and, and that's to be commended and uh, and that's what we're and I hope you know to a certain extent we're doing that as well by doing this marriage ministry again you know we were so afraid to do it because oh we've only been married five years why should we do this oh we've only been married seven years and maybe not we need to be a little bit more and at some point it, you, we just need to stop and start doing right yeah. so um Here's the funny thing. I'll, I'll read this couple of last sentences here. But how do we practice Christian unity? And I'll just read the answer. And you were just talking about this, Adrian, earlier. It's funny how you talked about it. And it's in, it's in my notes here at the end. So Christian unity is being practiced by not compromising the tenets of Christian right. theology. Right. So I'm not going to com- come to a compromise with you. Like if you're an unequally... That's why unequally your marriage doesn't work in a lot of cases. Or if they do work, there's division. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up believing in the Trinity so that we can come in the middle. And that's not how it works. Definitely not in Christianity. You know, and that may sound, you know, you know, um, I guess in today's world, that sounds really close-minded, but it's not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to compromise the Christianity for the sake of marriage. On the contrary, we're going to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of Christianity. So uh, there are certain vows and promises we made in marriage, and they should be kept. And so we keep it through unity. 
So I think that uh, about wraps up the lesson. We're going to go through some fun stuff right now, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that message. And uh, it's funny, you know, we talked, you know, the, when in Corinthians we're talking about false teachers and all that, but these, these principles could be applied in marriage very easily, as I hope Adrian and I just explained. And I, I do challenge you guys to please ask yourself those questions. And even if you feel you're pretty united, you know, there's always room for improvement, right? And even with us, you know, there's always a way to get better. If, if you pray for your wife six out of seven days of the week, challenge yourself to pray all seven days. Mm-hmm. If you pray for your wife all seven days, challenge yourself to pray in the morning, evening, lunch, you know, for lunch, breakfast, dinner, pray for your wife all the time for every meal. So there's always room to, to, uh, to get better at, the, at practicing our faith because at the end of the day, the fruits that will come out of that will be so worth it at the end. And a prayer doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can just be thank you mm-hmm. for my spouse. Exactly. Give them peace. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we wanted to thank you guys for listening to us. A couple of things here. We have our church website. And actually, for those of you that don't know, Adrian is the one that runs the website most of the time. And I see her on her laptop. And, and, you know, she puts a lot of work into it. So please visit it. It's uh, uh, What's the website, Adrian? <laughs> FBCArtesiaCA.com. So I could tell you some of the things that Adrian has sent through the website is we're able to accept payments online now. So tithes and offering can be done online. If you've never done it, I encourage you to do that, please, because obviously the church, you know, we still need to pay some of the bills at church. Uh, stay-at-home order has really affected a lot of businesses. As of today, there's about 30 million unemployed. Yes. It is uh, estimated that unemployment is at 17%. That could lead to so many dangerous things, you know, depression. And depression affects, it causes division at home, especially if, if, if one of the spouses gets depressed. And we've gone through that yes. to a certain extent, and it does cause division. Yeah. And so maybe in another lesson, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But And if you want to hear about that, let us know so we could do a lesson on it. Uh, but uh, uh, let us know, too. Please send us an email. So there's a church email. Yes, yeah, so you can send it straight to the email. Um, or if you are listening, listening via uh, Facebook or Instagram, uh, you can just shoot us a little message on there or in the comments. Um, but please... Um, uh, do let us know. Give what, us your feedback. What's the email? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, info at fbcartesiaca.com. So if you send an email to... Info at fbcartesiaca.com. There's a very good chance that Adrian will be the first one to open it. Yes. So might as well email us. And let us know, please. We'd love to hear your feedback if we're going too fast, going too slow, you know, any feedback we could we could uh, get would be awesome. Please share it with your friends and family. If you, you know, whether you've been married a year or 50 years or you're still in the, in the courting stages of, of your relationship, whatever stage you're in, uh, please share our message. Uh, it's, it is our goal to bless as many couples as we can through our words and our actions and our deeds. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we were called to be, to do some sort of marriage ministry, Adrian. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the right time to start it because we're at home and, you know, now we, we're, we were blessed with technology mm-hmm. again to be able to do that and it's not an ex- fairly inexpensive we didn't thankfully we didn't have to reinvent the wheel or anything a uh, couple of other things so Sunday services are currently being streamed online through Facebook and I just want to give a shout out to John Carrion I don't know if you know <laughs> but you know for those of you that don't know man John Carrion has been working his tail off he's head uh, of our uh, our a, praise and worship team yeah and you know, for and I'll show you guys a few little things here. So our first Sunday service that was streamed was done literally on an iPhone and an iPhone eight. So yeah. it wasn't even the latest iPhone. It was iPhone. my so, my my messed up iPhone. <laughs> so he, we've gone from that, and in four short weeks, 
it's just it's a night and day difference and we've gotten feedback on service that has been you know it's been it's been you know we could, the quality's better the audio is better everything's better and that couldn't have been done without john so yes. big shout out to john yes. and and not just john but praise and worship pastor Gigi. thank you so much for the mm-hmm. praise and worship you do an amazing job singing uh pastor steve you know we there's a little secret in there that steve does you know that we're not gonna <laughs> give away let's just say there might be a picture posted very soon of the behind the scenes and literally behind the scenes <laughs> so uh but no, it, 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 he, you know, Pastor Steve sends us the messages. You know, we have weekly meetings. I think you posted on Facebook the other day. You know, we, we have weekly Zoom meetings. We plan these things out. So, um, you know, we, we, we're always striving to improve. And it's for the benefit of the body of Christ. But we want you guys to please share those messages. Please share those sermons. Please share any social media that we have to anywhere that you might feel okay, might get a blessing out of it. Again, our, our, our main goal is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ through everyone and, and anyone and everyone. And we do it through in the context of sermons podcast men's ministry women's ministry marriage ministry although we don't have a women's ministry yet uh, and i don't want i don't want you to carry on the burden you're doing way too much adrian but uh you know men's ministry couples ministry bible studies pastor steve you know comes in to to record his podcast you know i mean i think he's putting in more work than he did before right i mean he's yeah. preparing not only is he preparing the lesson but then he's recording it and the neat thing i'll, I'll close up with this is that some of these things that we're doing now whether it's the podcast and all these things are going to be permanent Yes. Which is cool. So, for example, the Bible studies that are happening on Wednesday nights at 7, we will meet in person. When that comes back, and it will, it will be also recorded live. Mm-hmm. So, you might hear yourself on audio asking the question, but that's cool because other people get to hear your questions. And uh, the, the Sunday sermons will be streamed from here on out, even when we open the church again. That's not an excuse to miss church, but it's to reach those that cannot, aren't able to come. For example, we have people from Texas watching us. People from all over the nation are actually watching yeah. us. We have more Such views than we've ever had. We have more views than I think we ever did uh, otherwise. And we pray that the messages have gone, reached, uh, the sermons have reached a lot more people. And we pray that these podcasts do as well. Um, you know, we're, we're not asking for money. We're not selling you a product. The only thing we're, we're preaching is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that when you're saved... You become a better husband. You become a better father. You become a better leader at work. You become a better community leader. You become an example of what Jesus Christ really is, was meant to do in this world, which is to bring salvation, bring eternal life, you know, not bring vanity and, and selfishness and, you know, all these things. But that's what we're supposed to do as, as individuals and, more importantly, as married couples. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything, any last, last closing thoughts? No, that's it. I think you wrapped it all up. Thank you guys for listening. That is the end of our podcast. We will have another one next month. And again, uh, email us, find us on Facebook, and pretty soon Instagram. Oh, Instagram is up. Okay, good. So Instagram is up now. And uh, you want to close this out in prayer? Yes, please. So it will be uh, a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to uh, preach your word, Father. And we just pray that it reaches anyone that is meant to reach. If there are married couples out there that listen to this, that are going through the... Uh, through finding ways to have unity at home, we pray that this is a, a vessel that helps them. And uh, we pray that they pray to you, Father. They come to you. They don't listen to us, but they pray to you. And then that way you give them resources, and which is hopefully one of one of some of the things we do. Um, you know, put them in front of other couples that can mentor them. Things of that sort, of, Father. So we just pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, and we're signing off. <laughs>